Welcome to the Astrology Rocks podcast for the week of November 26th, 2012, brought to you by Sastrology. I'm Michelle Suzanne, author of your weekly forecast at Sastrology. You'll also find me at starstruckastrology.org. All right, let's dive in and talk about what's up in the skies this week. It's time to put your happy little shoes on and do your happy dance, because Mercury stations direct, meaning Mercury is no longer retrograde. Yay! Three cheers. So, Monday, November the 26th, that's right at the start of your work week, Mercury stops doing the back crawl through Scorpio. What does this mean for practical purposes? It means that some of the technical glitches that many of you have been experiencing will resolve themselves. Whether you've had uh, emails go completely AWOL, your cell phone keeps crashing, your computer crashes, even your stereo is being a brat. Those things will work themselves out now. There's also a sense of forward momentum that you can you can start to feel that momentum will increase over the next two weeks, but let's just say the taps are turned back on now. Now, there may be still some wobble factor until Mercury gets back into Sagittarius and to the fifth degree of Sagittarius, because at that point, by the way, that's December the 15th. Um, because by then, Mercury will finally have moved past the degree it was on when it began its retrograde retrograde dance to begin with, okay? <clears throat> What's kind of cool um, is that the sun reaches this very part of the zodiac. I'm talking four degrees Sagittarius, where Mercury began retrograde. And the sun gets to that location on Monday, just as Mercury resumes direct motion. There's an interesting symbolism there, okay? We're getting a bit of a preview of how or where things are likely to settle for you by mid-December. Just a little taste. It's like being able to look around the corner. And how often do you get to bend light and look around the corner? Now, there is still a wild card or two, Um, So I would encourage you to stay open and flexible while you start moving towards your goals, okay? Uh, We've got the sun moving into a beautiful 120-degree angle called a trine with Uranus. That happens on Monday. Um, Now, Uranus is in the picture, which means there are surprises that are still in the making, Okay, hopefully this isn't going to be the kind of freak out surprise. It's a good surprise because the energy is flowing so beautifully, courtesy of that trine. So if you really want to get down to business on Monday, just think of the figure of that Sagittarius archer, okay? Let the sun in Sagittarius trining Uranus in Aries enlighten you as to which target you will need to take aim at now. Okay? This energy is also going to enable you to more easily see yourself in a new light. That's courtesy of Uranus in Me, 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 Aries. This energy gives you a chance to recognize just how much potential there is for you to tap within. 
Now, some of you that have been looking for a person to help you, to guide you through whatever it is that you do, you may find a mentor or a, um, a publicist, a healer, an advocate of sorts, uh, legal representation. These are all Sagittarius types of vocations. So people with that kind of energy can suddenly, courtesy of Uranus and Aries, come into your life now, um, meaning Monday. Okay. So I guess the question for you is, what are you trying to do and whose help might you require for it? Because this is a key week for you to zero in on finding that person. The job is a little bit is easier this week. And hey, uh, to flip the coin, maybe you are that person for someone else. Maybe you are that helping figure. In which case, Monday is a fine day for you to do a marketing blitz. Okay? Now, regardless of what is going on for you, you can at least exhale now and formulate some plans and strategies that will stick now that Mercury has moved direct. And speaking of sticking, hmm, okay. Venus is uniting with Saturn in Scorpio on Monday. Uh, boy, Monday is a really highly charged day that energizes everything. Okay, so we are talking Venus. When we're talking about Venus, we're talking about key relationships, whether it's a lover, whether it's a friend, a professional colleague, uh, a client, a person, a, a business partner. Um, when we're talking about Venus, we are also talking about your preferences, your tastes, your values, your talents, your money. And the way that you express love. All of those things that partly make you who you are are going to be touched by Saturn now. So Venus moves into a new cycle with Saturn. And that's what happens when two planets can join. They initiate a new relationship with each other. Now Saturn rules physical manifestation. Um, Saturn provides cosmic glue, staying power. Saturn also rules time, uh, authority, all the authority figures that you may be in your life. That includes police, government leaders. Uh, Saturn rules big business, uh, limitations, restraints, and restrictions. Saturn also rules the rules, the rules of the game, whatever the game is. Saturn knows the rules, okay? So with Venus and Saturn moving into a new cycle on Monday, your key relationships, your finances, and your value system, as well as where and with whom you want to give your time, your money, and your energy, all of those things are influenced now. They move into a new phase if you're looking to make some changes in the way that you earn and allocate your income, for instance, Monday's the day to strategize. Okay, get that budget out, rework it, or go back to go back to basics and start again. Ditto for those of you who recognize a need to shift in or out of a relationship. Now, Saturn provides the glue, but Saturn also provides the scissors if a tie needs to be cut. 
All right. If you uh, if you happen to be in an intimate relationship, it's fulfilling. You're happy. Your partner's happy. Ninety percent of the time, you're in harmony with each other. Uh, if you're human, and I'm I'm betting that you are, you may occasionally butt heads. But for the most part, the partnership is really harmonious. You're very happy. If that's the case, then Venus and Saturn. Uh, bless your relationship. There's greater longevity to the relationship and they take you deeper. Okay. We're, when we're talking Scorpio, we go deep. Um, or maybe you're in a relationship and you're ready to take it more seriously. It's been a lot of fun. You've been dating, not necessarily monogamously, but now it feels like you really want to bind yourself to this person or make a formal commitment. Saturn provides the glue. Okay. On the other hand, if you were in a relationship, it happens to be, it's been floundering for some time. It feels like you're both limping along or there are a lot of arguments or you have very different values and you don't particularly appreciate the difference in your values. Essentially, you clash and you know it. In that case, this Venus-Saturn cycle may very well pull the plug on that relationship. If that's the case, gentle listener, trust that even if it hurts like hell right now, it is in your best interest. Uh, none of us can afford to feed relationships that stunt us. Now, I've used this metaphor before, and I'm going to use it again. It's like trying to preserve food that has already rotted. Okay? Now, if we are talking about a new Venus-Saturn cycle, we also need to consider the geography of where they're beginning their new cycle, namely in Scorpio land. So Scorpio energy is highly intuitive and creative, and it's highly fertile in every sense of the word. Scorpio is also invested in its baggage, though. As much as the Scorpio part of you deeply senses when it's time to release something that holds you back, there's an almost obsessive compulsion to hang on to that thing or that relationship or job or habit or whatever it is. Why? Well, for starters, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, Scorpio operates in a fixed mode. It attaches easily to people places, feelings. Um, there's a bit of irony. Anybody else find that iron, ironic that Scorpio is a sign whose raison d'etre is to shed and renew? <laughs> and yet Scorpio is fixed and attaches and therein lies the struggle. Not as easy to detach, shed and renew. Um, you know, if it was a mutable sign, it would be a piece of cake. But where would where would the struggle and the growth be in that? I guess is the cosmic uh, the cosmic lesson in this. Other Scorpio shadow traits: jealousy and sometimes paranoia that can come with the Scorpio baggage. You don't have to choose those feelings, uh, but they may crop up. They may crop up this week and reveal where you feel you're most vulnerable. And by the way, may I say, it is really okay to feel vulnerable. We, in this, uh, in our Western society, we have turned vulnerability into 
um, a state of feeling weak, like a helpless child where nobody is coming to meet our needs. It can feel that way, but it's, it's actually vulnerability is one of the realest states that you can be in because there's no artifice. There's no covering up. There's no BS in that space of vulnerability. You are more you than when you're trying to suppress your feelings or eat your feelings or smoke or drink your feelings, right? Um, or slap on a happy face and say, no, everything's fine. It's all good. Um, you are more yourself if you are feeling in that state of vulnerability. And the irony is if you are in that place, you are getting closer and closer to your core. So if you can welcome it. So, so Venus and Saturn unite in a moment of Scorpio vulnerability. And yet it works. It works. Venus smooths out some of Saturn's granite edges. And Saturn strengthens Venus' sometimes shaky positions so that she stands in her true power. Now, Venus needs Saturn right now because in Scorpio, it isn't her favorite place in the world to be. So she can rely on the tower of strength that is Saturn. So, in Scorpio, courtesy of Venus and Saturn starting a new relationship cycle for us all, we find some deep, unfabricated, and authentic soul power. And Saturn will continue to enforce that soul power by virtue of his very lengthy stay in Scorpio. Now, there's also a feminine goddess archetype emerging from Scorpio's primordial waters now. And that beautiful goddess is inhabiting inhabiting the hearts and souls of women and men. This is the time to own and honor your immense creative potential and to express it as only you can. Be only who you are, whether you are attached at the hip to someone you adore or dating multiple people or taking a break from sex. Be only who you are, not who your partner thinks you are, not who your parents think you are or your boss or, or, or. Be only who you are. That is where you will derive your Saturn power and your Venus magnetism because we, the people, are drawn to you when you are in your zone and doing what you love the most. And that is one thing we can be sure of. Venus and Saturn will push us to carry on doing only what we love and value the most. And we will get better and better, thanks to Saturn, at doing what we love and value, Venus the most. Okay? There's true power in that. Now we have a powder keg more of power building this week because Mars and Pluto begin a new cycle too. The day after Venus and Saturn start a new cycle, Mars conjoins Pluto. That's Tuesday, November the 27th. It happens in Capricorn. Okay. When Mars and Pluto get together, the stakes feel much higher, okay? There's a component of do or die here. Um, With that in mind, aggression 
can spike now. You will need to watch yourself if you are easily irritated or impatient. Um, if you feed off the drama that comes from arguing or fighting, it's quite likely that Tuesday will see you push things too far. I would urge us all to breathe and to step outside your drama and see it for the show that it is. And you may also need to remind yourself that not everything is so personal and not everything is about you. That person that flipped you the bird, as rude as it is when they were driving in their car because you didn't move fast enough for them, they're not really against you. They don't even know you. Um, there's no point in freaking out. So, to a certain extent, when Mars and Pluto conjoin, you can become your own worst enemy, even if you believe that someone else is out to get you. So the nasty side of Mars and Pluto can reveal aggression, unwanted domination, bullying, shaming, humiliating. Okay? Um, so, if you know gentle listener. There are people that trigger you. They either, when you're in their presence, you start to feel your blood boil. Really do what you can to avoid getting into it with them on Tuesday, especially. And if you're one of those people that loves to stir the pot and you got to mix it up and you got to pick a fight with somebody, um, be prepared. You may get bitten back because there's not a heck of a lot of patience to be had this week, especially on Tuesday. I doubt you're that kind of person because you're probably not that interested in listening to an astrology podcast if you are. All right. Um, if you are focused on growing yourself up and into the light, and you probably are, which is why you're here, here are some juicier options that Mars and Pluto bring us into. If you feel called to leadership in some form or another, this is your moment to take the helm. Um, I'm hoping it won't be in a coup d'etat kind of way, although we may see some type of political coups in any of the hot spots on the globe. But as far as the personal goes, dear listeners, show us your gifts if you have them. Lead us. Teach us how to lead ourselves. Show us how you do what you do. All right? Now, the flip side of Mars and Pluto is that, you know, Pluto energy also likes to operate unseen, right? Um, Pluto likes being in the shadows. There's a little bit of the pay no attention to the man behind the curtain thing going on wherever Pluto lurks. So it's, it's ironic because you may feel ready to spring into action, courtesy of Mars, but keep your plans under wraps for now, courtesy of Pluto, in order to throw off perceived competitors. By the way, Mars is highly aware of the competition, uh, so some of you may very well channel this Mars-Pluto energy by slyly operating behind the scenes for now. Um, whether you are trying to splash your name all over the universe Mars style or stay incognito Pluto style, um, what is really groovy about 
their conjunction on Tuesdays, it gives you that cosmic kick in the pants to get going on that thing that you probably had to sideline thanks to Mercury retrograde and thanks to the eclipses. Now, ambition is high, so if you're noticing your ambition either spiked or finally showed up for you, um, this new cycle can really take you far. It is beginning in the sign of Capricorn, which says, take me to the top, baby. Ah, you may also feel incredibly sexy and alluring. Um, so you may just experience some of your steamiest sexual encounters this week. Uh, sex may also be tinged with taboo themes this week, okay? Whenever we've got Mars and Pluto mixing it up, we are probably coming into um, some shadow material and it wants to work itself out in a sexual kind of way. If you're comfortable with your shadow, you're not ashamed of your sexual turn-ons, this is going to be a really sexy trip for you. After all, we've got um, not just Mars, well, we've got Venus and Spank Me Saturn in Sexy Scorpio, and we've got Mars and Tie Me Up Pluto, both rulers of Sexy Scorpio, and they're both in earthy Capricorn. This could be one intense week, lovers. I will remind you what I tend to remind whenever we've got Pluto and Mars together. Um, consent. Consent is an issue. Um, I would suggest you don't take consent for granted this week. Uh, unless you've been in a stable partnership for quite a long time and you've both been doing the stuff that you love for a long time. Um, if it's a new activity though, with a new partner or new activity with a, an old partner, you might need to check in. Can we do this? I, I do harp on consent because, uh, when Pluto and Mars move into such prominent position, Sometimes consent goes out to the window. Okay? Uh, there. Enough said about that. So, relationships are shifting this week, for better or worse. That much is very clear. Because our relationship planets, Venus and Mars, are both moving into new phases of development. They're both starting new cycles of personal and cultural power. And... Venus and Mars are really, really reinforcing the message that we are all shifting in our relationships by sextiling each other at the same time as they begin their new phases. They are in a 60-degree angle this week, which brings immense opportunity for harmonious changes within your key relationships. On the other hand... I will say this is all a lot of intense energy for relationships. And if your relationship is already under strain, this week may be a little too much. Okay? Now, many people ask me uh, when we're in private session, if a relationship ends, is that it? Uh, can we ever get a chance to reunite again? My, let me address that concern. Timing is everything. 
Sometimes we are given do-overs and we can go back and re-enter a relationship down the road. I will tell you that at this point in the time continuum, if a relationship ends this week, it will not resume again later. Okay? It is the final straw. Why do I say that? Because on Wednesday, there is a lunar eclipse. Okay, what has a lunar eclipse got to do with my broken relationship? Some of you may be asking. Here's the deal. Solar eclipses, such as the one that we had two weeks ago, open up new possibilities. That's because they are turbocharged new moons, a.k.a. new beginnings. Lunar eclipses, on the other hand, such as the one that's coming on Wednesday, they close chapters. They are megawatt full moons. So whatever pops, pops and reveals what is. Full moons are, generally speaking, feedback moments. They are times when things come to a head, for better or worse. We find out how our manifestation process is coming along. Now, when we up the ante and that full moon becomes a lunar eclipse, we get the message that this is for realsies. No turning back. End of chapter. So, please know that even if a situation in your life closes down this week, and I don't know if this applies to you or not, dear listener, um, because I can't see your unique birth chart. But for those of you whom experience an unwanted eclipse event, know that it will be a blessing eventually. Now, what makes me say that? In the chart for Wednesday's eclipse, the moon is conjunct Jupiter, and Jupiter is the benevolent force of expansion and lifelong adventure and learning. And when the moon and Jupiter roll together, there's a type of cosmic protection. So even if you don't see the wisdom of what's happening now, wisdom being a key Jupiter word, you will in time. For now, though, chances are, with the sun and Jupiter building towards an opposition that becomes exact on Sunday, December the 2nd, you will probably feel in some way torn about what really is best for you, okay? Let's break this sun-Jupiter opposition down for a second. We have the sun in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, and sun makes an opposition to Jupiter. Jupiter is both retrograde and in Gemini. So these are two signs that Jupiter is feeling somewhat weakened and doesn't express its bounty as easily right now. And so you may become frustrated um, or people around you may become frustrated. You may hear yourself or other people say along the lines of, I want what's mine and I want it now, give it to me. Careful what you ask for. Because that Sun-Jupiter opposition is adding fuel to a fire that has been potentially blazing all week long. So, my friends, know your limits. With Jupiter, we don't necessarily know our limits. However, Jupiter is retrograde. Jupiter is in the sign of weakness, Gemini. So even Jupiter is acknowledging, hey, I have a few limitations right now. What does that mean to you? 
If you are trying to expand your limits, go gently. Do not push. So, are you getting the idea that there's a lot of drama this week? <laughs> we haven't even really touched on the eclipse, so let's go back to that now. Again, I will reiterate, it's a full moon lunar eclipse on Wednesday, and it occurs at 6 degrees of Gemini. So Wednesday, my friends, is a very jittery, jittery day. Uh, you may want to do yourself a favor and ease up on the caffeine intake because the cosmos can juice you up quite naturally on Wednesday. The moon will be in Gemini while the sun is in Sagittarius. So Gemini and Sagittarius, highly intellectual energy, all about the mind, all about ideas and philosophies and stories. So this tells us that ideas, that's Gemini, and how those ideas interconnect and get woven into a larger tapestry, that's Sagittarius, will be highly featured on, on Wednesday. So, you, you know, it could be if you're having an eclipse event, your beliefs may be upturned, or your view of how the world operates may be jarred. Uh, we will possibly hear more stories of mainstream media manipulation and obfuscation. There is something about this eclipse that brings the Sagittarius traveler to your Gemini door. Now, I mean this metaphorically speaking. Um, it seems to me it speaks of world events that feel very close to home, perhaps a little too close. So Wednesday is a rather, I, I would suggest a rather loud, raucous day. Now, the moon is sitting in a very tenuous place on Wednesday. She's got the sun opposing her, and she's got Chiron, the wounded healer, squaring her, making a 90-degree angle from Pisces. So something about the truth of that eclipse moment may feel raw and unfixable. Um, when we are interacting with Chiron energy, we can feel tender, raw, and unfixable. Nothing is ever going to fix me. I'm never going to heal this situation or this part of my body um, or this story that I hate that sucks so much is never going to end. We can feel that way with Chiron energy. For those of you with whom this eclipse interacts, and that would mean you've got planets or your rising sign within, I would say, 0 to 12 degrees of the mutable sign. So we're talking Gemini, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Pisces. This eclipse has some weight for you. Uh, by the way, if you have no idea what your birth chart looks like, please connect with me and we will plan a session so you can become illuminated by your personal potentials and pitfalls. Now, the really precarious nature of Mistress Moon is revealed not only by that square from Chiron, but by her position at the apex of a yod. What's a yod? Some of you are asking. Basically, it's a planetary configuration that usually involves three planets. But in this eclipse chart, the, the configuration includes five planets. Let's break this down. We have Venus and Saturn, newly united in Scorpio. They are forming a quincunx. 
quincunx. Boy, even saying that word is awkward. Holy crap. So quincunx is a 150 degree angle. Venus and Saturn are forming a 150 degree angle with the moon. Okay? It's almost an opposition, but not quite. Now, 60 degrees away from Venus and Saturn, we have Mars and Pluto, also newly united in the sign of Capricorn, and they too are forming a quincunx to the moon. So, the moon is getting it from Venus and Saturn on one side, Mars and Pluto on the other side. Now, Venus and Saturn are harmonizing beautifully with Mars and Pluto, Mars and Pluto by virtue of their sextile. They get along just fine. But the angle that each of these pairs is forming with the moon is less than optimal. It can feel actually quite uncomfortable. Now, I said to you it's almost 180 degrees. It's almost an opposition. An opposition is easier to deal with than a quincunx. Let me put it to you this way. You are, imagine you're seated in the cinema. You've got your popcorn in your hand. Um, the movie you've been dying to see is just about to start. You've got a good view when, bam, suddenly someone sits down right in front of you and their big head <laughs> is blocking your view. And for you, the, the theater's packed, right? You can't move. So now you, this is the one and only seat that you get to sit in. So in order for you to see that movie screen, you're going to have to bob your head around that person's head in front of you in order to be able to see the screen. It's not great, right? You're ducking to the left, you're ducking to the right. You feel like there's a big old hole in the middle of the movie that you can't see. All right? Um, those of you who, like me, like live theater, let's say you've just bought really expensive tickets to see uh, Al Pacino on Broadway, only to find out that there is a big post obstructing much of your sight line. All right? It's not the end of the world. Of course not. First world problem. But it can sure make you feel pissy. And that is how a quincunx can manifest. You know, it's like something is being jammed into place, even though it's as clear as day that it just doesn't fit. And yet, here is the key component of a yod, an agreement between three or more planets. It feels incredibly important to somehow make that piece fit. There is often a sense of mission or destiny that accompanies a yod, sometimes called a finger of God, okay? So, if you can get past the inconvenience of it, the benefit of this dynamic is that if you can practice patience and if you can have faith in the future that all will eventually work itself out for the good of all, then you may choose to put up with some of the temporary inconveniences of that double quincunx to the moon in order to move closer to your mission. All right? It ain't all bad, but it ain't all great either. We're going to have to take our lumps. 
This is a jangly eclipse and your nervous system may be on overload. Um, I re- I'm just going to remind you to breathe through every moment. Drink lots and lots of water. Stay flexible and compassionate and you will just be fine. Um, as we weave this eclipse into the in- intensity that is the rest of the week, bear in mind that while one situation in your life may have played itself out for the last time, other new situations are in the very early stages of development, courtesy of Venus and Mars with their respective allies, Saturn and Pluto. Now there is still some purging and pruning going on in our lives, but that is all so that there is new space for juicier options to come your way in time. All right, now, as I wrap this podcast up, I'm playing Bloodletting, a.k.a. The Vampire Song by Concrete Blonde, because it evokes the highly charged, aggressive, and raw sexuality we may be in touch with this week. So, dear listener, please connect with me this week for a session I have an irresistible offer so that you get phenomenal value from our work together. I'm Michelle Suzanne. You can connect with me through starstruckastrology.org. Blessings and peace, and speak with you next week.